going to be kicking off a new series this morning, but I just wanted to stop, you know, and acknowledge the fact that, you know, once in a while, every so often, you know, people really appreciate when you go out of your way to, you know, to dress up and, and, and don something new. This is a new shirt. I'm very excited about it. And uh, as I was coming in this morning, some of our students uh, said, hey, Pastor Dan, that shirt's really cute. And I said, oh, well, that wasn't really what I was going for, but I guess cute's better than nothing at all. And then our beloved Dennis Marks uh, let me know that he felt like this looked more like a wearable um, coloring page. So this is my paint-by-numbers shirt, and I'm excited to be wearing it for you, as you guys all can enjoy it as well. Please don't chase me with a marker. Um, We do have security, and we will have to take action if you do. But today we're kicking off a, a new series that is really all about what God has called us to do in reaching people. And today we are kicking this series off really to unpack what I feel that God is calling us as a church and as individuals to be as we look at opportunities to reach people in our community and and certainly around the world. Now I've entitled this sermon series simply Compelled. Compelled. You know, the last couple weeks, we've, we've talked about what it means to be called. We've talked about what it means to step out with the love of Jesus. And yet, oftentimes, we see that as, as something that can be a bit elusive. But we believe as we answer the call of Christ on our lives, as we've discussed these last few weeks, that God compels us to a place of action. It's not enough just to believe. It's not enough just to in scripture and say, isn't this great? Isn't God good? But God compels us to act. And over the next several weeks, we'll be exploring God's call on neighborhood church and to each one of us to be the kind of people and the kind of church that is truly reaching across the street and around the world. You know, when we think about the word compelled, it represents a sense of duty. Some define it as a need to force or to oblige. But at its core, to be compelled means to move out of our place of comfort, to do something. And it's, it's very interesting to me the different areas that people feel compelled to these days. People feel compelled to a lot of things. Some people feel compelled to, to share their political affiliations and their political beliefs and opinions and to let everybody know where they stand. On issues. Some people feel compelled to a social or a racial justice cause, positive things to see change happen in the world. Other people feel compelled to share their opinions on whether or not to mask or you should wear a mask, or better yet, their opinions on vax or no, no vaccination. Shouldn't have a vaccination because if you do, you're going to grow a third eye. And people find interesting things to be compelled to. And oftentimes, it's a little confusing, sometimes a little bit heartbreaking, of what people invest themselves into. Because we often invest ourselves heavily into temporary things, only to miss what God is desiring to do in the scope of eternity. Can I just say, we are busy 
doing a lot of things that have nothing to do with Jesus. And I believe it grieves the heart of God to see his children chasing after things that really are meaningless in the scope of eternity. We live in a, in a culture and we live in a country that allows us the freedom to come together, that allows us the freedom to worship, that allows us the freedom to lift up the name of Jesus. We can come together, we can read the word, we can encourage one another. And yet we find it more important to talk about all the areas that our freedoms have been taken away. Oh, my religious freedoms are being threatened. And yet you can go into many countries in this world and face persecution, face imprisonment, face even execution for professing a faith in Jesus. And yet we in America are so oppressed. And we feel compelled to share that message. God is desiring that we would focus on eternity and we would see that he's calling us to reach people. And today as we unpack God's call to us to step into his plan and his purpose for our lives and for Neighborhood Church, we begin by being compelled to reach. Our text today is a familiar one, found in Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, you could flip there. If you want to follow along on the YouVersion Bible app, feel free. Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I give you. Be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you have given us relationship, that you've rescued us from lives that are separate from you. And God, that you desire that each and every one of us would step into the plan and the purpose that you've created us with, that we would be willing to reach outside of ourselves to impact somebody for you, to point people to you. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. You would awaken our minds to understand the areas where we are focused on the wrong things. And to know that you are calling us, you are compelling us to act in love so that people can come to know who you are. Father, we ask your blessing on our time today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this passage of Scripture is, is, is one of the more well-known passages. And typically, we, we tend to, to couple it with, with missions work and we, the Great Commission. But God, Jesus is actually commanding his disciples in the New Testament to this commissioning, to this sending, to this work. 
The question is, what does it mean for us today? What does it, what does it mean to be, to go, to make disciples? You know, few of us likely feel the call to go to the nations, right? To go to the ends of the earth. I don't know, the idea of missionaries work overseas is where our mind tends to go. But that can feel all-encompassing and sometimes even a bit overwhelming. God, I don't know if I'm cut out for missions work. I don't know if I'm cut out to go overseas. I don't think that's what God has for me. If you're like me, I would never make it on the mission field, and I always, I never, I never, you know, said that prayer like, oh, God, don't ever send me to the mission field, because you know how it works. You say never, and then that's what God sends you to do. I was always very careful, you know, in my prayer time. But I would never make it on the mission field, because I'm a visual texture eater. And I just would never be able to go to one of those countries where they plop something down on the table, and you're like, I don't know what that is, much less what's in it. And I would probably find a way to excuse myself from the table, and I would probably not be long for my time on the mission field because I would starve to death because they eat weird stuff. And if that's not enough, you know, there's scorpions and there's spiders and there's bugs and there's snakes and there's just things that were never meant to have human interaction you know and I just don't do the creepy crawly stuff the reality of a call to reach outside of ourselves is it does require our commitment just not necessarily in the way we might think We understand in Jesus' challenge that we're called to be his disciples, Christ followers, what we call ourselves. And as we strive to reach outside of ourselves, that action should be one that models the love of Jesus. Seems simple enough. And yet in our Western culture, our Western way of thinking, the reality is too often we focus on the wrong things. We focus on things that are temporary. Not necessarily bad things, sometimes the wrong things. You know, we enjoy rich and rewarding freedoms of our faith. We enjoy the opportunity to come together in Christian fellowship, to to come together to church and to, to see one another and to greet one another and to enjoy one another's company. We enjoy the freedom of being able to raise our hands in worship and and to praise God in song and in service. We even enjoy the ability to study and understand Scripture. Yet in our prioritization of these things, we run the risk of overlooking Jesus' primary commandments. Love God. Love your neighbor. Go and make disciples. Jesus' commandments were not complex or complicated. They weren't, they weren't metaphorical. Love God. Love your neighbor. And go and make disciples. Yet we overcomplicate things. We tend to look at it and we go, well, that's for the people who are 
knowledgeable scripture. That's for the people who are learned and, and who are educated. That's for Pastor Dan to do. And we tend to eliminate ourselves from the call of God. As we strive to understand the areas in which God has compelled us to reach, we need to grasp the following principles. The first thing is the primary goal of a Jesus follower should be their availability to reach those who do not yet know him. The primary goal of a Jesus follower, a follower of Christ, is to be available to reach the people that don't yet know him. God has placed us on this earth to have a relationship with him and to have a relationship with people. And as we share relationship with people, his desire would be that we would point them to him, that they would understand what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And we can get busy doing great things, but if we're not careful, we can get so wrapped up in church activities that we lose sight of the needs of those who don't yet know him. How often do we step outside of our weekly routine to allow the Spirit of God the opportunity to use us? I don't know about you, I'm a routine guy. I made the mistake of sharing how many times I swipe the deodorant on each side and I haven't heard the end of it. But I'm a routine guy. I, there's, a, there's a certain order of everything that I do and my week pretty routine. And I like to have things in a certain order. And I can get so zeroed in on making sure all the elements of the service are ready to go and that all of our transitions are perfect and working with our team to make sure that it's going to be a great experience for people when they come to Neighborhood Church. I can get so wrapped up in all of that that I miss an opportunity to minister to somebody who's right in front of me. I read a quote from from the, the Hall of Fame football coach Bill Parcells the other day said, the greatest ability is availability. The greatest ability is availability. So the question then becomes, are you available? Because too often we look at it, we say, well, I can't do this. I don't know how to do that. And I'm not real confident in this area. Maybe we're like Moses. I don't talk so good. And God's saying, I don't need all of that. I just need you to say yes. I just need you to be available. I just need you to be willing to step out. God's truest desire is that we would be available to love people and to share his story of redemption in our lives. His story of change. I was going this way, and God got a hold of me, and I changed course. Everything changed for me. I was hurting people. I was betraying trust. I had habits that were not healthy, and I was destroying my life. And God got a hold of me and changed the course. Because people need encouragement. They need hope. And we literally have the hope of Jesus. Too often we confuse availability and readiness. We look at ourselves and we say, ah, I'm not ready. 
How can he use me? I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. I just, I just made the decision to follow him. How can he use me? The reality is God can use us just the way we are if we're available. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you understand that when you come to a place of relationship with Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes in and does a work in you that changes everything and gives you the ability to then be used by God to impact people? There is not a Sunday that I come to this place to stand on this platform without saying, God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your Holy Spirit to speak through me because if this is all about me. It's, it, it's, it's not, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be okay. I need your power. I need your strength. When we step into relationship with Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit comes to do the heavy lifting in our lives. He'll take care of the areas you don't feel confident. He'll take care of the areas where you don't have the words. Moses went from being the guy who didn't talk so good to the guy who led an entire nation out of Egypt. And our answer when Jesus calls should be that of the prophet Isaiah. Here am I, send me. We can't get so caught up in doing good things that we forget the best thing. Because God is desiring to use you and I to reach a world that is falling farther and farther into darkness. You don't have to look very far to see that the world is moving in a bad direction. And yet we can kind of just wring our hands and go, oh, it's me. Whew. I'm just going to hunker down and make sure I don't get any on me. I don't want to hang out with any of those center people. But God is calling. Would be, we be those who say, here am I, send me God. We're merely called to be available. We've got to understand that the goal of a Jesus follower should be being available to reach those that don't know him. And in answering the call to reach those who are hurting, we just need to use what we've been given. God has given us everything that we need but we often focus on what we don't have. When we answer that call to reach outside of ourselves, God gives us exactly what we need. And yet, too often, we look around, we go, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy. God, how can you use me? And when it comes to the things of God, we instinctively tend to look at the things that we believe we need not what has already been provided. You know, Jesus' ministry is a perfect example of using what's in front of you. 
Jesus was fully God and fully man, and yet he didn't go out and just pull stuff out of the air. Miracle after miracle, ministry after ministry, he used what was available. At the wedding at Cana, the first miracle that he ever did, it's recorded in scripture, he shows up, everybody's tossing back the wine, and they're out of wine. It's cause for concern. That was a, that was a joke, that one fell a little flat, <clears throat> not like the wine. Anyways, he shows up and they're out of wine. And what does Jesus do? Lord, rain down wine from heaven. Everybody open your mouths. No. <laughs> he looks around and he says, hey, grab these jars and fill them up with water. And then he turns the water into wine. He used what was available to him. The five loaves and the two fish. The disciples are saying, Jesus, send them home. They're hungry. They're hangry. He's like, no, you feed them. He takes the five loaves and the two fish. He didn't you know, go out and have manna fall from heaven. He used what, what he had. When he heals the blind man, he reaches down, picks up some dirt, goes, Whoosh! And takes it, and puts it on the guy's eye, and heals him. He could have told him, you know, go do, you know, 15 laps around your house, then go jump in the river, then come back and do 15. No. He used what he had. Jesus heals the deaf and the mute man by putting his fingers in his ears, and then spitting and touching his tongue. Imagine being deaf and mute and see that one coming. Jesus constantly used what was in front of him. And of course, the miracle with the disciples have been fishing all day and there's no fish. There's no fish. Well, cast your nets on the other side. What? No, we've been doing this all day, Jesus. Catch more than they can even. Jesus did not look outside of what he had. He used what he had to bless people. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. We're called to give eagerly of what we have. Not that we would hope, oh God, I can't give because you... You know, I don't have the resources. God, if you make me rich, then I'll give you more. If you give me more time, then I can give more time to these efforts and all these things they want me to do. Oh, Lord, that I would have more energy so that I could just be kind to people. For whatever reason, we tend to think God can't similarly do the same for us as he did for Jesus. What has God given you? A skill? A passion? Something that you love or are good at? I'm so thankful that we have people in our church who constantly are looking for ways to bless our church. Ken and Carol Houston were such a blessing to our church. Carol's a green thumb, and I kill every plant that I look at, much less touch. But Carol saw our, our flower beds and even over by our office, and they were looking a little, a little rough. She said, can I take that? Can I make And we have these beautiful flowers and these beautiful plants that are now growing 
our flower beds. And Ken has blessed us in so many different ways the last couple weeks in his woodworking and his fabrication. We had railing on our, on our little church office over there, the house. If you go by the little office in the corner of Geary and 28th, we had these railings that, that were basically being held up by a colony of termites and were falling apart. And, you know, hopefully you didn't lean on them, otherwise you may have found yourself flat on your back. But they were in, in disrepair, and they needed to be replaced. And Ken said, can I, can I, can I fix those? I said, yeah, Ken, that would be great. I didn't realize he was going to do it yesterday. And I come in this morning with these beautiful new railings. What skill, what passion do you have that you can give? Perhaps you've been blessed with financial resources and you can give into something. Perhaps you have a love for people. You just love being around people. There, newsflash, there are people who don't love being around people. They like their alone time. They like their quiet time. But maybe you love being around people. God is calling you to love people, to come alongside of people. Whatever it is we have in our hands, God can use. He can use it because he's already provided what we need. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. Did you hear that? You're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned us for us long ago. When we stepped into relationship with Jesus, he created us anew so that he could do the things through us that he planned long ago to do. Before you took your first breath, he had a plan for you. God prepared us for what he would have us do. And the Spirit of God fills in the areas of inadequacy that we often feel. I love this quote. It's from a, a pastor friend, Stan Russell, who used to share in regard to our command to tithe, which is a, a scriptural command to give the tenth of what God has entrusted to us financially, to give that tenth back. And Stan used to say, God can do more with the 10% than you could ever do with the 100%. That's the kind of God we serve. He entrusts things to us so that we can give them back and we can be a blessing. But we just need to be willing to allow God to use what he has placed in our hands. We have to be willing to say yes. We have to be willing to be those people who answer the call. So we've got to understand the goal of a Jesus follower should be to point people and be available to point people to God. And in answering that call, we reach those who are hurting using what's been given to us, using what God has already provided. The final thought is this. To truly reach others requires a willingness to participate in God's kingdom work. We have to be available first, and then we have to be willing to participate. We have to be willing to say yes. It's not, a, it's not enough to just show up. 
We have to be willing to step in. Imagine for a moment if everyone, when given the opportunity to answer God's call on their lives, thought, this is not for me to do. Surely God has somebody else. We would have no missionaries. We would have no relief organizations. We would have no one supporting church and global ministry. We would not have the ability to reach people in our community. Church would cease to exist if we all looked around and said, ah, somebody else. I got news for you, and this is going to disappoint some of you, so I apologize in advance. When it comes to the kingdom work of God, there is no retirement. I'm sorry. I know. Some of you have been at this for a while, for years, for decades. You've given to the cause of Christ. You've worked diligently for God. There is no retirement. No matter what season of life you are in, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're somewhere in between, whether you won't acknowledge that you're one or the other, God can use you. And God has a plan for you. Our decision to be an active participant in the activity of reaching across the street and around the world necessitates just that, participation. We have to be willing to step in. We have to be willing to say yes. Does that mean that we all participate equally? No. Not everybody has the same measure of availability. Not everybody can go to the mission field and survive. Thank the Lord. Not everyone has the resources to write the big check when the missionary comes or when there's a catastrophic thing that happens in the world and there's a need. Not everybody can write the big check and say, yeah. Not everybody has the time or the freedom to come and go as they please during the week. There's restrictions on their time. But the question is, what are we doing with what we've been given? Because God desires equal sacrifice, not equal participation. He desires that we would give of what we've been given, not what we haven't. Your availability, you can't go to the mission field. You can serve in neighborhood kids. You can serve as an usher or a greeter or somebody who perhaps goes and does some work in the park on the weekends because you, you can't get out during the week. Outreach in our community. You know, I'm so thankful for Susan Smith. Susan is a lady who, if she knew I was going to talk about her today, would probably pull me aside and say, please don't. Susan is a wonderful lady who has served and worked at Lafayette Elementary diligently for years. And Susan has been a conduit for us at Lafayette. Susan has opened the door so that we could bless that school. We've been able to bless families with food boxes and gifts. We've been able to bless teachers on their in-service days. We've been able, as a church, to rally around that school because of Susan Smith. Because she was willing to see a need and say, I think our church can help. Sometimes the need is right in front of us. 
and all we have to do is say something. Maybe you don't have the resources to write the big check, but you can give faithfully. Because if we all looked around and said, well, you tithe, you tithe, I, don't, I can't. We're a little bit strapped this month. Then the work of the church would cease to happen. First the tithe we see in Scripture, but perhaps God is calling you to give above and beyond to missions, to stretch yourself, to say, yes, I want to help somebody else reach that place that I can't go. Maybe you're strapped for time during the week. You're at home taking care of your kids. You're at work and your schedule's just crazy. But you can strengthen and support that park cleanup or, or an outreach effort or come on your off hours to put relief boxes together. When we're willing to reach outside of ourselves, it becomes an infectious force for God's good. You realize when people see you step up and love and care for others, they go, oh, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I think I want to be a part of that. You know, that's why they call it a social justice cause. Because people see a need and they want to do something that's bigger than themselves. To reach people. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, we'll close with this. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again and again for the privilege of sharing and the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Did you catch that last part? For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. God may not be asking you to go to the mission field, but he is asking you, to answer his call. He is desiring to use you to reach those people in your sphere of influence who maybe nobody else will ever have that opportunity to reach. We give ourselves first to God and then to his work. And my greatest desire is people would look at our willingness to reach and say like Paul did, now I want you to know what God in his kindness has done through Neighborhood Church. Not so that we can show up in the papers, this is a Neighborhood Church, great. No, so that nobody would be lost. So that nobody would spend an eternity separated from God. But all would come to the knowledge of how he loves them. We can already see the impact that each of you are having as we partner with churches and with organizations like the ministry in Honduras. Ministerio Edificando La Familia, this church that is doing the work of God in another country. 
You know, in 1 Chronicles chapter 20, 29, and verse 5, David asked the people of Israel, who is willing to consecrate their service this day to the Lord? Who? And that's my question today. Who of us is willing to consecrate ourselves to the service of the Lord today? He's given you everything that you need to make an impact. He's called you to be that one who would step out in faith. And we should be compelled to reach beyond ourselves to point people to him. That is our question today. Who is willing to consecrate their service this day to the Lord? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you that that first you desired relationship and you freed us from our sin by sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that we could have life. And in that, God, you created us with a plan and a purpose. You created us with an ability to reach people. God, I thank you that our story is one that should compel people to understand that God is who he says he is. So today, Father, we ask that you would help us. You'd help us to see the opportunities that are right in front of us, that we would stop feeling so compelled to share our opinions and our thoughts and our beliefs on all this nonsense. And God, we would feel compelled to reach people with your love. Father, that we would make the decision today to be available. We ask you would bring the opportunities to reach outside ourselves to be used. And we know we can only reach the world one at a time. So bring us one this week we can reach and point to you. God, we humbly ask that you would change our hearts, you change our way of thinking, so that we would begin to see the world through your eyes that we would begin to see people as your chosen people. Not the person that's on the other side of a disagreement or the other opinion or the other belief or the other whatever. God, we would see them as your chosen. And we would desire relationship and we would desire to point them to you. Help us, God. We can't do it in our own power. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit It gives us what we need to impact people for your kingdom. Help us to be the ones who say yes. God, we love you. And this morning, perhaps you are in that place where you've not stepped into a a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You've not made the decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart. And all this sounds great, but you go, I, I, I need to make that decision. I need to. Scripture tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that Christ died and was resurrected, that we will be saved. And God has called you to himself for such a time as this. He's called you to relationship. 
So this morning, if you're desiring to make that decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart, if you're desiring to step into relationship, we're going to pray a prayer together. We would ask you to confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And the Bible tells us you will be saved. So can we say this prayer together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe your son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And he died and was raised back to life so that I could have relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, friends, God is desiring to use each and every one of us for his glory. He's desiring that we would answer the call to be those who would go out and show his love. And instead of being worried about all the other noise that's going on in our culture and in our world and even in our city, can we be those who would consecrate ourselves to say yes? God, use me today. Because as we do, people are going to be saved. People are going to be directed to God's love. Because I'm telling you right now, eternity is a long, stinking time to be separated from the love of God. And God's desire is that none would perish, that none would be lost. And yet we're walking by people every day. So can we be those who would step outside of ourselves to reach? Can we be those who would step outside of ourselves to show the love of Jesus? And in each and every moment, in each and every interaction with the people that God brings across our path, with the things that he's put in his hands, can we step into that role of being the neighborhood in our community? I pray God's blessing on you this week. We look forward to being together. I hope you enjoy this beautiful sunshine and that we can find those opportunities to show the love of Jesus. Have a wonderful day. God bless.